Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeremy Kubitschek. As always, I'm with my great friend, Steve Cockrum. Steve-o, what is happening in the UK today, man? How are you? I am well. Um, the lingering man flu, I think, was the doctor's description. Uh, but apparently, it will get better. But no, Happy New Year to you. Um, I know probably, as Americans, you've been back at work for nine days. The Brits are just about <laughs> coming out of their Christmas New Year sort of extended vacations. Yeah, so, we took uh, yeah, 36 hours had at least off. One day off. We, had, we had a great 36 hours. It was awesome. <laughs> Well, I'm sure, I'm sure being a true American, you maximized it and did a huge amount of activity planning for the new year, reflecting on oh, the old of year. Of course, of course. <laughs> you know, what's really interesting about the, uh, what's different though with, with COVID and all of that is it was so much more chill. And, you know, because uh, Omnicon and all of this, um, am I saying that right? Omnicon? Yeah, Omnicon. Anyway. Omnicron, Omnicron, I think. I, it's, Obviously it's, not, not being a classic scholar like yeah, yourself. Obviously, uh, don't ask me about that disease. But anyway, uh, it uh, it has totally affected just everywhere, right? But I mean, it, it's obviously been pervasive. But it's just been interesting. I think people are like, just chill. It was a really, really chilled uh, holiday from my perspective anyway. Uh, how, how about in the UK? What's, what's, what's it like over there? <laughs> Well, <clears throat> sorry, that's my sympathy cough. Um, from a personal point of view, it was a very, very quiet Christmas. You'll find that if you've got a nasty, chesty cough, no matter how many protestations you put up to say it's not COVID, people run away from you as if you've got the bubonic plague. I thought in the end I might as well just carry a bell. <laughs> so in the end, I, we didn't really go. We didn't really go out that much. So you like you, yeah, very, very quiet Christmas. Um, you know, far more so. Only in the last week or so, really, have we started doing real social activity again but interestingly interestingly over here we we have our own sort of politics as you know between sort of england scotland ireland wales really are it, the united kingdom is probably uh, an oxymoron i'd say we're far from united and covid has, has really given a different way but i think i think there is a real sense that that covid is coming to an end um, this huge wave that was supposed to come, and the, usually the doomsdayers of, you know, seventy-five thousand a day dying or whatever they come up with. Basically, Omicron is going down now as fast here as it did in South Africa. It is nowhere near um, as virulent. Very few people are dying from it, and I would say that for the first time, we're we're now beginning to see what the future is. The politicians are talking about actually all restrictions being removed and learning to live with it from March. And I, I saw an interesting thing from Deloitte this week as well, that, that basically the CFOs that are the, usually the most conservative when it comes to this thing, the majority, the highest number they've seen for a long time are now gearing for growth in 2022 and investment. Um, so that's another leading indicator, I think, that basically um, things are moving into a direction, please, Lord, where where COVID is not the topic of our <laughs> initial conversations, because 
I'm pretty much done with it and uh, ready to start traveling, ready to start getting out there. And, you know, I don't know what it's like in America. Yeah. You boys never really shut down in the first place. <laughs> well, it depends on the state, right? Some states, uh, you wouldn't, you, yeah, with that, they'd say, well, COVID what? What's COVID? And other states, obviously, are masked up uh, fully. I was supposed to travel to Oregon this week and Florida. Uh, last week to Oregon, this week to Florida. Both trips were canceled. Um, I am going to be in Texas with our buddy Jeff Lampkin. I'm going to be down there next weekend. And it's full on open. So it just depends on where you are. And, you know, uh, probably everyone, everyone I knew, every family I knew, someone had COVID uh, in the last mm. week uh, or two. And, right. you know, I've had two of my kids and my parents, and they've all had it and gone through it. And so I think that, I think it's just the adjustment psychologically of like, it's it's moving to it's a cold it was you know think about the the colds that we had before all had names names to them sars 20 mm -hmm. sars 15 sars whatever but no one called it that they called it by i have a cold or i have the flu right and so what's interesting about it now it'll be interesting to see how our psyche as people move in the future like Will we all mask? If we're sick, will you wear a mask in the future? In a, you know, that's an Asian culture. They do that. But in America, mm. they don't historically. So it'll be interesting to see the ramifications yeah. of COVID around sickness and um, how it plays out. But I agree with you. Mm. I do think it's coming to, you know, it's coming to the point of like, hey, we've all lived with it. We're all living into it. We now have mm. enough history. We now have enough understanding to go what do you do with it and uh the social dynamics over the next two years will be fascinating and the long-term ramifications uh surely there'll be tons of books written about it and all types of reports <laughs> so it, it will be i mean i think we, we've always said that in some ways um covid was uh an accelerant into the digital world that actually uh organizations moved you know, my classic keynote is 10 years in 10 days, that actually the acceleration and when you're, when the laggards, one of my favorite words of the, the three most conservative spheres of culture, when church, government and education are online within 10 days, then you know that something pretty spectacular has happened. So in a sense, it will be interesting to see as the dust settles on hybrid working, as the dust settles on, you know, what is it that the new world looks like beyond the covid accelerant into the digital world i do actually think there is huge opportunity and i guess that's probably us as kind of entrepreneurs at the front end of what's going on but i'm beginning to see opportunity and beginning to see people beginning to ask the question how does how does the new world really be a new world and be better than the one we've had before so i think i think there's a sign i hope that the psyche of you know, the early adopters and the pioneers is heading that way. I suspect it will take a little bit of time for others to follow, but that's my read. Anyway. Well, and this actually perfect tee up in a bit for our guests, but uh, before we get there, because uh, any, anyone would think I'd read the show notes, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for our guests, for those, for our listeners out there, this, this, we have a, a, all of our guests are special. We think this guest is extra special today. So we're excited about that. Hey, uh, before we get there though, I do want to see what your thoughts on my comments have Cricket, did I get it right? Uh, uh, I noticed Steve was watching Cricket, The Ashes, something called The Ashes, which, you know, yes, uh, most yes, Americans yeah. have no clue what The Ashes are or what even Cricket right. is. But I was just seeing if my comments were accurate or not. 
you know, the fact you tried, Jeremy, I think kind of you, 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 you did, uh, let's just say for an American, even to show a degree of empathy for sports that are not part of the World Series, which means only in America, um, the, the rest of the world play. So England versus Australia has been a particularly depressing series this time because they thrashed us. But no, you you were close. <laughs> VVS Laxman yes. is the Indian batsman you were looking for. But put it this way, I, I credited it to you even for engaging in the thread. No other American I know has uh-huh. even bothered to talk about cricket, which it, the, the, the classic, this, this will just show how different we are. This was the end of a five-day match that ran for eight hours a day for five days and came down to being a draw off the final ball as England managed to save it, nine wickets down, nine outs in your language, one more wicket and we'd have lost, and it was a draw. So five days, full on, and a draw. <laughs> no overtime, no penalty shootout, no buzzer meter. That was it. Which goes back to perfect uh, aristocratic <laughs> sportsmanship, right? I mean, of course. yes, give give the aristocrats something to do. <laughs> Did you, I mean, uh, which was you. That yeah, was you. True. You spent all that time. I, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's kind of the Brits are sensational at any sport that goes on for more than three days, and particularly anything we can sit down at. <laughs> you find if there's a horse, if there's a horse, a canoe, a rowing boat, we're, we're legends at sitting down sport. That's my conclusion. But there we go. That is classic. Well, that's good. Well, let's bring let's bring Tracy in. Tracy, we've got a question, don't we? We always have some questions. Yeah. We do. We have Skylar from Knoxville, Tennessee, and he's asking this. He says, I graduated from college last year and landed a really good job at a great company that I want to grow with long term. How do I prove to my manager that I have what it takes to be in a leadership position? Oh, all right. All right. Uh, Steve-O? <laughs> I'm just trying to think how I can love my millennials well without wanting to sort of say. So I think the first thing I'd say is, and this is usually my positive piece, I think, Skylar, the fact you have that desire and the fact that you want to grow and develop and in many ways take on more responsibility is amazing. And uh, I commend you for that. And ambition is never a bad thing. The thing, you know, in, in the toolkit of Giant, we have something called Control the Controllables which basically says, at the moment, Skylar, most people spend the first three to five years of a career learning how to become valuable by actually being really good at what they do. So in a sense, my advice always to people like yourself, Skylar, is to go, whatever the skill set that allows you to be in demand and exceptional and really appreciated by your boss is where you start. So skills, excellence, reputation for delivery, reputation for consistency, all of those things will gradually over time increase your influence. The danger is sometimes a lot of people coming out of college think they know a lot more than they actually do and therefore start in some ways becoming a little bit annoying and pestering going, when can I do this? When can I do that? And is it okay if I play the role of CEO tomorrow? And all I say is to go, if you are just coming out of college now, you're going to live to over 100. You're going to have 13 on average different careers in your life. And one of the most important things at the beginning is to develop the ability to work hard, to master the skills that are going to keep you in a job and basically become somebody who is trusted and reliable 
and actually highly gifted at what you do. So I'm not saying you can't talk about more influence in the future. I'm saying that my advice would be is master the basics and get a great reputation for being a hardworking, disciplined, consistent deliverer of what it is your boss needs you to Amen. do. I agree with that, all of that 100%, Skylar. And uh, to add to it, um, this is the season where you're learning how to increase your influence. So you actually have to build the fundamentals of influence. We have a tool, and it's in the book, Leadership is Dead, Making Your Leadership Come Alive. Um, it's all about how do you set up influence with those that you are working with. So uh, influence is, is in four, uh, really two areas. There's there's chemistry and character and competency and credibility. So the idea of understanding what chemistry and character look like and developing chemistry with people and understanding how do you increase your influence and maximize it. And then how do you actually get into competency and credibility? And a lot of young leaders, they're so fixated on trying to move up the ladder or, or gain more influence, as Steve mentioned, um, that they almost become know-it-alls or they focus on the things that they know and brag about those things, and then they lose chemistry. So it's this, it's this balance of, of competency and credibility. It's your thinker. That's like your mind, what you work on. It's your IQ, all those skills. But you have to learn those, those skills and do those uh, hard work skills. But socially, you have to learn to play the game that you're likable because you can be a, someone who's really smart and no one likes you. And so it's really a season of learning how to put those together and how to grow in influence with your boss, how to grow in influence with those around you. So it's authentic influence. And um, it has that's really playing the long game, which, uh, again, a lot of people don't like to hear because uh, the short game uh, is, is much more fun, right? So those are just some thoughts for you, Skylar. Hope, hope that's helpful. That's good. Thank you for the, for those. And if anyone has questions, please, please, Tracy, where should they send uh, their questions into? Yeah, they need to send them to hello at giantworldwide.com. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for all that you do. And um, so let's do it, Steve. Let's, let's bring in our guests. We have an amazing guest today um, that let me, let me set up the context and Steve add to, to this as well. But uh, when Steve and I founded and formed Giant Worldwide in 2013, uh, it was Steve and I. Then it led to um, a few other uh, amazing young chaps, Hunter and Justin and Austin. And we added Mike Opadal. And we started growing our team. And then we started serving uh, you know, people around the world. And it started to expand. And the the joking numbers are now we have the 5 million people that are listening here. But the reality is, is that we have, um, I think, Honestly, over 750 um, coaches, consultants, uh, partners in our ecosystem. And that's the fun part of Giant. But the leader behind that is actually not Steve and I or I right now. Uh, the leader of that is a gentleman by the name of Bronson Taylor, our CEO. Bronson, Jeremy. welcome to the Giant Leadership <laughs> Podcast. Hey, it's good to be here. Finally, it took this long to get an invite. You think, you know, I'm, I'm running your company. You know, I could at least get on the podcast. <laughs> well, the if, the vetting, it took a while for all the vetting process. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's, it's performance related, Bronson, and you ticked over a key KPI at Christmas. So good. there we go. <laughs> You're speaking my language. 
We're so excited to have you here. Uh, Bronson Taylor is um, just an, an amazing person, uh, but an amazing thinker and a great leader. And it's really, you know, it's really fun when you bring someone on uh, with with Bronson's uh, level into your company that Steve and I formed. And so that process in and of itself, which we don't have time to go into right now, uh, it's its own conversation. But just really, really pleased uh, uh, to have you on. But also just thankful for you and your leadership. Um, we couldn't be more pleased and more excited. And uh, so thanks, dude. Yeah, it, it goes both ways. I'm so excited to be in the position I am working with you all. So thank you. So maybe for a start, uh, maybe just give them a, a walkthrough of how you even got connected. And what did you see? And why did you decide to say yes uh, when you were already running, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bronson has a company called Dumpunk. They've they've done amazing uh, uh, business startups in the technology space. He's he's they've started Growth Geeks and they've started just a number of different companies. So why in the world would you even partner with us? Yeah, well, first how we met, it's kind of interesting. So I have a house church, meets in my living room every Sunday. And one of the giant guides, actually, him and his family started attending my house church. And at one point, him hearing me speak, he goes, you know, you really need to talk with people from Giant. I'm like, yeah, 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 I, I get it. You're giving me a sales pitch. You want me to meet with people from your organization, whatever. But then I met Mike at a, a Starbucks, Mike Obadal. And this really interesting thing happened. I was trying to serve him the entire conversation and he was trying to serve me the entire conversation. And we left the conversation really liking each other because you normally don't meet somebody that has an overflow that they want to give. You meet so many people that are running at a deficit and they need something you have and you're glad to give it, but they need something. And that's the kind of people I interact with more than not. And I met Mike and I was like, this guy has an overflow. This is really interesting. And the more we started dialoguing, he said, all right, you know, you got to meet Jeremy, you got to meet Steve. And eventually I was able to kind of meet, um, you know, the whole gang, you know, everybody and everyone I met, it had that same feeling. They wanted to give to me as much as I wanted to give to them. And that is such a unique thing with an individual. It's even more unique for an entire organization to exhibit that level of wanting to serve someone else. Um, so that was the initial thing that really caught my attention. The other thing was just vision. Um, most people's vision is smaller than mine, right? And so I don't want to be a part of what they're doing. I invite them into what I'm doing. But when I met Jeremy, when I met Steve, when I met Mike, when I met all of you all, um, your all's vision was able to stretch me. It was about liberating the world. And I was like, okay, well, what's better than that? What's bigger than that? What's gonna take more of the best of me than that? And so it was just that mind splinter, you know, that, you know, hey, I'm doing some really cool stuff with technology and startups, but do I really want it to be the epitaph on my tombstone? Not really. Like I'm doing cool marketing stuff. Eh, I don't know if that's enough. You know what I mean? Like I'm, we're writing code. Okay, cool, but not good enough for, for the, uh, the level of impact I want in the world. So it was really the message of liberation um, and the genuineness of your all's hearts that I thought you actually might pull it off and I might as well be a part of it. So I think that's the short answer to why I'm here. That's so good. Steve-O, uh, give, give the world your perspective on Bronson and kind of his leadership and what, what has that meant to, to Giant? I think you know, it's really interesting. I was reflecting um, I, this morning, actually, of what are the things I admire most in leaders? And could I actually 
condense it down into three things. And uh, if, if I had three things, what would they be? And I was going to share it as my final thought on the podcast today, but hey-ho, we've got it early. But the, they were this. They were humility, competence, and generosity. I, I, I went through the people I admire the most. There is always a deep humility in the desire to be able to learn and usually an ability to celebrate other people. Uh, an incredible competency, which they don't have to brag about because it's obvious, and then a generosity of both spirit and resource where it's never usually about them and they're always willing to serve and give away others. And I, I think when I thought about it, obviously, you know, I, I know a number of them, but but Bronson, I would say, you have exhibited those three things in relation to Jeremy and I and Giant with a level of... Um, of all three of those that I just admire profusely, Jeremy and I are, you know, hilarious. We're like a little married couple. We argue a lot. We get creative. We make things, you know, we grow things. But I think actually for somebody to be willing to come and be alongside two very, very large opinionated characters um, and to actually be confident enough to bring you and your best and f- allow that to do the job. So you've never, ever told us, you know, you're useless, move out of the way. You've never, ever said, I think I know better than you guys do. You've never, ever done anything other than um, just model the types of values that Giant teaches. And so in a sense, I think for Jeremy and I, you were you, you were a gift at the right time in the evolution of what we did. I often joke and say, um, Jeremy and I did something really well in that we spotted that we were in this transition between the industrial to the digital world and that leaders required new tools for a new world. What we didn't do, of course, was we didn't realize that in order to deliver that solution to the world, we needed a digital actual age resource, a model more than we did a industrial age one. And what you brought with your team has been amazing to the point where, you know, as a pioneer myself, competency is a huge filter. My trust in you and the team and what you're building and the gifts that you've been given um, I'm just blown away that you were prepared to come and do what you've done and actually accelerate the liberation and in many ways play your part of bringing the expertise that God's given you, which in many ways is only built on hopefully what it is that Jeremy and I laid in the foundation. So um, I promise people know me well know I don't say that if I don't believe it, but you have been um, a phenomenal leader. I can't think of many that I admire more in this world, and I realized it was those three things held together in the body of an INTJ pioneer creative who, if anyone has the entitlement to in some ways be less than humble, <laughs> omnicompetent and less than generous, uh, that that would be it. So there we go. That's my that's my glowing pioneer connector tribute, but I mean every word of it. So how yeah. does a pioneer creative handle that? What does yeah. he do with that? Yeah, well it's interesting. I just uh, I I pro- Oh, you're asking Bronson, not me. Pioneer <laughs> creative. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I I process the data he just said. <laughs> That's what I do with it. Uh no, I mean, honestly, I think about <laughs> competence and generosity, and those those both come naturally for whatever reason. Sometimes God just gives you something that's easy and you can't take credit for it. For whatever reason, I'm competent and I'm generous. Um, I am not humble by nature. And that's actually something I want to say today is one of the things that's helped me on a journey of humility is learning the voices. Um, you know, in my previous career, when I had kind of a go at working with people that had established something, I was an unhealthy INTJ, an unhealthy pioneer creative. And I thought that everyone was supposed to be as efficient as me 
everyone was supposed to be as competent. Everyone was supposed to be as calculated. Everyone was supposed to leave their emotion and relationships at the door, come inside, let's crunch the numbers and always do what is technically correct. And it didn't end well. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm still love the people I worked with in that environment, but we all kind of looked at each other and said, this isn't good for any of us. Um, I, you know, I wasn't helping them. They weren't helping me. Uh, humility has been a long journey. I almost see my time at giant as kind of a redo of like, okay, let's do this better. Let's actually learn humility. Cause for me, it is a learned thing. It's not natural. I have to actually make decisions and try to be humble and do things that feel unnatural to be humble. Um, but it's a journey. And so that's why when you say those three things, I know I'm competent. I know I'm generous. When you say humble, I'm like, yes, thank you. Because that's what I actually have to work at. Skip. Yeah, there's not many as humble as you and me, Brock, so that's for sure. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. In fact, we have your wives here. Uh, let's bring on <laughs> Helen and Megan. <laughs> that, that wasn't in the show notes. <laughs> hey, um, let, let's do this, Bronson. Talk a little bit about the, your perspective. You know, When we came to you uh, years ago, really 2018, 19, we were like, we have to be ready at it from a technology perspective, we have to push. Our tools had done that. Our content had changed the way that people learn adult learning, but we hadn't put it into the digital, as Steve mentioned. And then we brought you in. But talk about the 21st century. Talk about the um, operating systems. Like, what has to happen? And how does technology and leadership fit? Because a lot mm -hmm. of people, those are separate. Yeah. No, I mean, there's so much there to unpack. I mean, I think about a quote from Mark Andreessen. He said, software is eating the world, right? And he said that quote, you know, early in the 2000s, basically saying, look, everything's going to become digital. But Steve, even earlier on, you said there was kind of the, the trinity of laggards, government, church, education. Um, th that's just three, but there's so many industries that didn't let software eat them. They didn't become digital. They tried to hold out as long as possible. So I was always on the lookout for what's an industry where they could become digital, but they haven't yet. And so for instance, I wouldn't have tried to touch government because they're such laggards that yeah, they will become digital eventually, but it's gonna take COVID, not an organization with good software trying to convince them to do it. It would take something much bigger than what any group could actually put on the world. So I was always interested in what are the industries that are on the cusp of going digital. They're getting close to being eaten by software. And leadership development fit that criteria. In 2017, 18, it was like, okay, it's not digital. It's still presentations in Keynote. It's still live events. It's still books, you know, which all of those are great. I mean, we've all three done all those things, right? But it's obviously not the future. And at the same time, they're not going to be so resistant to it that they're going to be like church, government, or education. They're going to be willing if the right pieces are in place. So it just felt like the timing was right to really bring technology into the giant world. Um, and technology is what allows scale. Um, there's only so much you can scale without going digital because you're relying on air flights, you're relying on Delta, you're relying on conference rooms and ballrooms at hotels, and you can reach 500 here, 200 there, 30 people here, a one-on-one -on -one there. But when we talk about the internet, we're talking about billions. We're adding multiple zeros to the number of people that you can actually affect and impact. And so that's um, why I think that Giant had to go the route of technology. And you ask the question, well, 
why um what's why do leaders need to embrace technology well i mean it's in the name leaders they have to be the first ones right um leaders have to be the one that's a half step ahead of everybody else a full step ahead of everybody else they can't be two steps ahead right um because then they become a martyr and nobody understands what they're doing they're too far in the future um but they can't be a step behind either or they are literally the follower and not the leader they need to be at that right pace and i feel like in, in the world of leadership development if you're a leader running at the right pace you're going to start embracing technology right about now it's the right time to start bringing in technology um and, and you can come back with anything you want but you also mentioned operating systems do you want me to go into that or do you want to come back with other questions yeah well, um, well so what happened with us is that we we basically uh made a decision in the last year um really 2020 of we were going after working with clients and companies and we were also working with coaches and consultants and we made a conscious decision to focus that our avatar our target market our customer is the coach and consultant and who then serves the company because if you're trying to um, change the world through leadership if you're actually trying to raise up a different type of leader around the world then we needed partners and the partners were the coaches and consultants but we have to treat them like customers so that was a big shift for us and so we've done that but now we're we're instituting a marketplace where an operating system of technology um, for our coaches to use for customers, for, for companies, for leaders. So talk a little bit about that because I think it's fascinating because I don't know, and we've all talked about that, we don't know anyone in the world doing what we're doing, yeah. which is great from our perspective. Yeah, no. So we're getting ready to come out with a marketplace. Um, you know, we're calling it the giant operating system. Uh, it's going to live at giantos.com, but it's essentially a marketplace of offerings that our guides, the people that go into organizations and actually deliver giant, uh, you know, tools and offerings that they can actually use this marketplace as a suite of offerings to bring to their clients. And, and here's why that's important. Um, the needs of organizations are changing more rapidly than ever. Like the actual rate of change is accelerating. And so what the needs will be next year, we actually don't know yet, right? Uh, we're gonna have to wait and see, oh, because of this new thing with COVID and because of this other world event that we didn't see coming, there's this need that no one even thought about, right, five years ago. But with a marketplace, we can say, well, why don't we create a course on that? And we can have a course up in a couple hours. Oh, why don't we create a bit of software that leads people in this organization through a journey to help solve that problem that nobody saw coming? And so a marketplace gives us ultimate flexibility. It's, it's almost like the ultimate act of humility. It's saying, we don't know what the future is gonna look like, the only thing we know is it won't look like what we're seeing today. So a marketplace allows us to bring the new, whatever that new thing is. And so you're going to see a, a wide variety of things on our marketplace. Um, you're going to see things that are for executives. You're going to see things for team leaders. You're going to th see things for new employees. You're going to see things at different price points. So whatever the budget is, you're going to be able to get in and find solutions to your problems. You're going to find things that are very in-depth journeys that deal with your heart and soul. You're going to find things that just help you be more efficient and, and be more, you know, um, on task. And so the marketplace allows us to not just check one box, but to check all the boxes, even though we don't even know what all the boxes are yet. That's the beauty of the flexibility that we're trying to build into Giant in the future. 
I think it's interesting for um, for us as a as a company and an organization. Um, again, back to the humility. Our humility was like, look, Steve and I started this, and we knew we could reach people, and people really liked what we have to say. They loved what we provided, but we reached uh, a ceiling, and we had to actually admit that we reached the ceiling. We couldn't grow it any further. We couldn't continue to expand. And so we had to partner with people. And then we had to open source and certify people to use our content, which is always dangerous because they not, may not do it the way that you plan to do it or want to do it, right? So there's this, this process that we, we've gone through. And now you've got technology that scales it even further. But now we have a way that we actually feel very confident in that we can scale it in a way of efficacy that people are are doing it the right way and can really grow it. So here's my, this is a sales pitch. I don't, we don't do a lot of selling on the show. My sales pitch is really simple. If you are a full-time consultant or coach, if you're a part-time consultant or coach or want to be, or if you're inside an organization and you want to be the internal champion that we call them a catalyst, um, then that's what we do. We partner with people like you. So if you're a coach, a consultant, or want to be a coach or consultant, or if you're someone internally, then it's really simple. You can just go to giantworldwide.com, giantworldwide.com, and have a look. And it, it's a it's a journey because we've become a partner with you to do, and you might do multiple things. You might have uh, you might be an expert in Myers Briggs. You might be uh, you know working as a, a coach in some other uh, capacity. EOS. It doesn't matter because you add giant to your world, it makes your world better. And that doesn't sound humble when I say that. It's just, that's true. That's probably confidence in that regard. But that's what we've been told by hundreds of people. And Bronson, uh, you've just brought the level of organization that we've needed. You've brought the leadership that we've needed. Uh, the team loves working with you. And we're making so much progress. And you know, I get to work with you on a, on a daily basis as executive chairman, and that that role is fun. And Steve and I get to work with you as a as founders, and you you're just you're killing it. But what I'm what I'm just excited about is I'm excited about the fruit and the results of the hard work that we've been putting in that I think could literally revolutionize the leadership world. So that's pretty strong statements. But Steve, anything you want to pile on there? Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, when an American sells, it's slightly better than when a Brit does. But um, I, I think, I think the reality is, we developed a toolkit for the new world. There's no doubt in my mind that every leader is engaged with the giant tools of voices, gears, communication code, the visual tools. There's nothing. There's nothing more comprehensive out there. I think the real for me, what you brought, Bronson, and the team is you've continued the the health of the organizational culture, but you've now built something which scales. So, you know, our, our original manifesto book was the 100x leader, which is how do you get healthy people to be healthy, self-aware, able to really know what it's like to be on the other side of them. And I think we were pretty good at that as giant, but the ability to multiply that at scale and to do it in a way that empowers other people to do it that's what Giant's done. And I, I love the fact now that basically any of the coaches, consultants in our world have a toolkit, but they also have the marketplace. They have a basically a team of people that are 100% committed to them winning. And it just feels like there's huge alignment and, you know, just a huge thank you. I, I'm so excited for 2022. 
in a sense that, you know, um, the day-to-days run by people who are way more efficient and organized than I ever will be. But in my own world, with my own pack of people who work with me, we are just blown away by what it is you've been building. and can't wait to share it with the world. So yeah, I, thank I you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Bronson, do you have any last um, thoughts from your perspective? Of, so to the 5 million people that are listening right now, uh, do you have any, uh, like what, what would the manifesto, what would you say to them just to direct encouragement to them? Yeah, I mean, direct encouragement. Um, well, first I want to say this. No one has all the pieces to the puzzle, right? And, and that's just something I've learned in life because I started life thinking I had all the pieces of the puzzle. Um, and, and so when I met Giant, it was really interesting because you give me a lot of credit for what's happening now. But the reality is when I met Giant, it was already a juggernaut. It was all I say it had an embarrassment of riches. Um, I, I remember seeing the toolkit and thinking, OK, I've read too many business books to not know how brilliant this toolkit is. Right. I remember seeing the five voices. I was like, I know too much about MBTI to not know how brilliant this is. You know what I mean? Um, I met the people and I was like, I've built too many teams to not recognize how brilliant this team is that's been assembled. And so while, yes, I play a role, um, it, it's it's not just me. It's all these things you all have been doing for years and years and years. But that's just true in general. Um, no one has all the pieces of the puzzle. And you play certain roles for certain seasons, right? There's no indefinite season that just goes on forever. And right now in the season, I'm serving as the CEO the same way that in the season before this, you all were creating the toolkit and assembling the initial team. And so I would just encourage people, um, you know, life evolves, it's fluid, play the role that you're supposed to play in that season and play it with all your heart, uh, work as if working for the Lord and not for men. Um, and just be grateful, um, be grateful, uh, for all the things that are going right. It's, it's so easy to look at what's not going right, especially in the season we've been through with COVID. It's so easy to say, woe is us. Look at what we're having to endure. Um, but the reality is I would say for almost anyone listening to this, there's some incredible things they, they could be grateful for. Focus on that, be grateful for it. Um, and just, uh, yeah, I mean, live life to the fullest. I mean, if anything, that's what I would say to people. Um, I wake up every day and I, I just want to go to bed a little different, a little better. I, I want to have moved the needle forward. I want something to be impacted because I woke up and did something. Um, so just live to the fullest. Awesome. Thank you, Bronson. So uh, grateful for you. And thanks for being on the Giant Leadership Podcast, which you're <laughs> again running the day to day, <laughs> finally. <laughs> uh, well, um, we'll see you uh, around. Well, we'll see you at the next meeting, right? So, yeah, uh, anyway, thanks minutes. for being on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see you, Bronson. Thanks. Awesome. It's always good to have uh, people on and to get their perspective. And Bronson is just an ins- inspiration. Um, let's do this, Steve. Let's finish. And you you kind of gave away your last final thought. I liked it, mm. but you can pile on. Yeah. Uh, what's your What's your last thought yeah. for for today? I think I gave the, uh, the the kind of, as I said, the spoiler alert earlier, but I think kind of New Year is always the, the time when to reflect. And it was interesting for me when we, we asked, what are the three things you want to be known for? Was the, the question. What are the three things? And then ask, um, how much is that true on the other side of me? And dare I ask? So I think I've probably been working at it for a while, but I think if I had to boil it down to three, mine were humility, competence, and generosity. Um, and we joke about it and I'm a bit like Bronson in the sense of humility is the one which is 
very much a learnt behaviour for pioneers. And it's always the one I'm slightly vulnerable to. So if people accuse me of being arrogant, I kind of go, oh, gosh, I've got it wrong. But I think it's just an interesting reflection to go, what are the, what are the three things you would most love people uh, to see in you, some of which may come more naturally to you than others, but that doesn't mean you can't go after them. It's that intentional living versus accidental. So my challenge to everyone is, as Leah's asked the question, um, what three things, what three attributes, what three characteristics or values are were the things you'd most want people to say about you? And if you can articulate them, you can then actually be brave enough to get some feedback and say, this is what I'd most love it to be like on the other side of me. Um, and give me a pointer in how am I doing? And when you see me doing those things well, celebrate it. When you see me not doing them well, be honest enough and brave enough to bring challenge. So that was, I think, also knowing that Bronson was going to be on today and going, actually, Bronson is somebody who, for me, embodies those three incredibly well. So I think that's probably where the the, the, the inspiration came from, Jeremy. But that's my final thought challenge for our 5 million listeners mm-hmm. today. That's good. And mine would be, um, you know, you think about people, uh, The one of the benefits of Giant is we've been able to attract and find really, really good people. And people always ask that, like, where do you find these people? Like, well, we find them and or build them in the combination of both, right? And so we're building our bench constantly with great talent. Um, and in our ecosystem, we have a lot of talent. But part of it, here, was, here would be the some of the magic is we actually pray for people at peace. We actually, and so this morning I actually did that in the shower. When I turn the shower in the morning, that's kind of my POP time where I actually uh, ask God, bring us the people you want us to serve or bring us the people you want us to partner with. And literally it's like a almost, almost daily prayer and the daily thought. So I'm always looking for great people, always looking for talent. And then when they come and show up, then I'm not surprised. And I kind of give thanks and I'm like, yep, all right, there we go. So it's it's looking for people of peace, people who have the same DNA, uh, people who have the same skeletal system that can work in the same level as you, but also represent your brand really well. And um, that's what Bronson does with us. He does all of those things well um, for this season. Uh, and that's the season that we're in. It's in... And I'm also a believer in every year we analyze, and we usually do it every summer, uh, June, July. It's almost, what does the company need? And when we review our roles uh, based on what does the company need for the next year? And we've all shifted roles, and that's part of humility. And uh, that we are, it's not about the title. It's really what does the organization need itself? So those are some thoughts for you if you're listening and hopefully that you find a lot of value in the Giant Leadership Podcast and our time together. Um, So always fun to be with you, Steve. Um, Grateful for you and uh, excited for a start of the new year. Thanks, Jez. Bye-bye. Until next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. 
Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubicek.com to learn more.